This is a HeadGum Podcast. The discussions on Robot Congress are for entertainment purposes and to help correct random people on the internet. Any law discussed is general commentary only and not to be taken as legal advice. Specific facts will always alter the case. Have a problem? Hit the gym and lawyer up. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I am quarantined Ryan Morrison, and alongside me in spirit are quarantined Austin Hoffman and Allison Rothman. Say hello, I'm not, friends. I'm not quarantined. I'm trapped in my house. <laughs> I'm in jail. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the worst. Uh, but hey, it, it brings us closer together as we're further apart. I don't know what that means. It's actually been maddening. And everyone out there... Yeah, that was a horrible try. Just... Leave me be. I've gone officially stir crazy. I've lost my mind. I am uh, learning Spanish on Duolingo. How are you guys staying entertained? I'm watching you kill flies and turn them into art. Yeah, I went around and bought a bunch of... I'm at war with flies in my house. I have a 14-year-old dog who can't really use the stairs anymore. It's It's a big deal to get him outside. And while we still do, and he likes his walks, I got him a patch of grass for the balcony. However, I have to leave the door open then 24-7, and there's just a piece of grass out there now <laughs> covered in, in dog waste. So flies have, Yeah, so it's flies have started... It's city goer. It is. Uh, and flies have started coming in, though. So I started with the vinegar trick and things like that. But now I got this bug zapper that is so powerful, it flickers my lights. You should uh, try putting <laughs> your finger in it. <laughs> no, I will not. But uh, if you hear you a loud it. crackle behind us... <laughs> no, I'm genuinely terrified of it. Uh, but but if you hear a loud crackle behind me, or I guess during the recording, uh, just know that we're winning the war. Uh, and speaking war of the- war, look at that segue. Did you hear it? Yes, I did hear it. But I be cutting it. No, I no, don't, don't cut those. Leave those in. There's the signs horrifying of part of this is. There are no bugs in LA. So what yeah. the hell is your thing zapping? <laughs> I, I know there are literally no pests in LA, but I found them. Uh, and my apartment is super clean. It's just a matter of I have an old gross dog and the flies have found him. Uh, but I am at war against the flies. And that is my segue into war of Call of Duty <laughs> games. I'm at war against squirrels. <laughs> oh, yeah. You drive a squirrel in a Jeep into Ryan's bug zapper. And- Honestly, no, I, these I, squirrels are so fearless during quarantine that I would not put it past them to go drive a Humvee. Nature is reclaiming the earth. Really, though, Allie, you sent me a picture the other day of you holding a steak knife the size of your head and a, a squirrel on your balcony. So regale us with what it's you're It's not a steak knife. That was like a legit machete. <laughs> well, guys, so you wouldn't believe this. Uh, you know, everybody's in their homes. Except the squirrels, they're all coming out to play. And so my only escape from this hell that is locked inside my apartment (laughs) is my balcony. So, you know, I frequently go out there. I let my dog go out there. We get some sun. I enjoy a glass of wine. And then the freaking attack squirrels come. They come out (laughs) of nowhere and they just won't leave. They're not scared of me. They're not scared of my weapons. They're scared of of nothing. They are absolutely not scared of you. You you sent the the pictures and the videos and they were just absolutely chilling. I mean, they're not like intimidated by my profanity. Nothing. (laughs) Are they leaving insulting messages in the shape of acorns? 
And believe me, as someone who's the victim of Ali's profanity quite often, it's scary. So that, that, that's, that is a brave squirrel. And, and so to get back to my beautiful segue that was interrupted by the War, the war of the Squirrels, uh, we are talking about Call of Duty today. And more accurately, we're talking about AM General. AM General manufactures and owns the rights to the Humvee. When you think of the American military, most people will immediately think of a Humvee. It is the Jeep slash truck slash war vehicle that is not a tank that you see on our front lines. You see them on military bases in America. Being driven down highways. Absolutely. Fun side note, highways were only created for the military. We enjoy them nowadays, but they were for they were to transport military equipment more quickly during the World War. Which one? I feel like the that's second a lie. one. The it's second not one. a lie. They were all the same war. There was just a pause. I think we're still in it. Uh, when you think of war, you think of the Humvee, if you're American. It's just a matter of fact. I think and of rocket that, launchers. And that I, I also think of rocket launchers, but usually a guy holding a rocket launcher on the back of a Humvee. Oh, yours are more complicated. Yeah. Uh, but in, jokes aside, I mean, that is the crux of what happened here. Call of Duty made a game. They did not get a license from AM General. They put Humvees not only in their game, but as the face of their game, if, if cars have a face. Uh, but what their live events, they were driving people around in Humvees that said Call of Duty on it. In their game trailer, they're all riding in a Humvee in the main trailer. Uh, on the box art for the game, there's a Humvee. The Humvee is everywhere in this game using the trademarks. Identified. Yeah, and it's using the trademarks. It's using the, 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 the trade dress. It's using every part of what the Humvee is. However, AM General did not give permission for this. This is something that if... A client came to our firm, Allie, we would tell them not to do. You do not use things that don't have a license. Yeah, that was pretty ballsy. Yeah, and in fact, this is pretty basic IP law. Uh, So much so that... Or it was. Well, right. But AM General already licenses the Humvee out to various games, such as Delta Force Black Hawk Down. They have a lot of board games and other toys with Mattel. This is a licensed property. And Activision Blizzard basically said, nah. Whatever. We needed to make the game real. We're going to just use it. We don't care what they say. Uh, so so let's start at the top here. AM General suing Activision Blizzard or has sued and won against Activision Blizzard, has sued and lost against Activision Blizzard for use of the Humvee trademark in the Call of Duty game. First things first, there were two crux. There were two main arguments that AM General made, Ali. Uh, one was Activision's using our trademark without permission. The other is they are using trade dress of our Humvee without permission. What's the difference? What is the difference between a trademark and trade dress? Good question, Austin. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's pretty similar, but I mean, all in all, the same rights are attached. It's just a trademark is typically a logo or a name and trade dress is really the overall appearance or the overall feel of the mark. So, you know, you see a Humvee, you automatically recognize it as that, even without the name Humvee on it. Um, so that's like the an, design? That's the trade dress? It's the design, it's the packaging, um, and even applies to things like, you know, a Taco Bell restaurant. You pass it, you know it's a Taco Bell without it even saying Taco Bell. And you or know I, because I, of, <laughs> yeah, you know because of the color scheme, you know because of the design. IHOP, um, uh, there's a very funny website of buildings that used to be IHOPs. And it's like a mechanic shop, but you can tell it's an IHOP. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. It's you look at something and you recognize it as a source, whether or not it has that logo. Yes, White Castle. Yes. <laughs> Do those of you that are not from the East Coast know what White, what White Castle is? Oh, uh, I hope not. 
<laughs> I don't think I could I couldn't identify like a Starbucks without it. What is a Starbucks. chicken ring? What part of the chicken is not good enough for a nugget, but White Castle it's makes it a chicken it's a ring? Nugget, but, re, but reshaped <laughs> into a ring. That way, it's more convenient. I have to say, of all the fast food things in the world that I've eaten, the chicken ring was the only time I was like, "This isn't food." This that's is the only. Food. That's the only time. Well, I don't get. I don't get crazy with stuff. Like I love Taco Bell. I am not ch- uh, insulting fast food, but like I won't even eat a corn dog. I get really weirded out by like by weird levels of processed food. Dog. Yeah, and a chicken ring is something I ate that I said, you know what? I I never need two experiences again, and that's not food. What is a chicken food. fry? I mean, Burger King has chicken fries. Ooh, yeah, not for me. That's literally a it's literally a chicken ring. They just break it in half. They buy them from White Castle and they turn it out <laughs> into a into just like a. They fry just fry let it too. free. They yeah. free the ring. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not exactly. for me. It's that's not for me. I, but Taco Bell is 100 real food uh, or horse, and it doesn't matter. It's delicious. Uh, so Taco Bell can keep doing what they want. But anyway, back to the reality here. Uh, I agree with you, Ali, on everything you said, except for for all the law students that listen to this, of which there are many. And thank you for your emails asking where we've been. Uh, we know it's quarantine, so that's why we're back. Hopefully, to help bring a little joy to your week. Uh, yeah, back but, to the part that you disagree with me on. You don't. Yeah, disagree. don't put on your law school exam that they're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't put on your law school exam anything that we say here. That's true. Clear. But trademarks and trade dress are. In the same wheelhouse, but they are not they're not the same thing because it's I don't think I said they're the same thing and the same rights attached. Austin, can you please pull up the Craig, can you play it back? Uh no, but it uh it's okay. Everyone listening at home, please rewind uh two minutes and just tweet at us at Ellie Rothman at Morrison. Can't wait to see. Uh, but <laughs> jokes aside, tr- it, Ali, what Ali said is right. So you look at a Humvee, you know what it is. You that's a Humvee. Uh and you can say, all right, cool. By the look and feel, you now know it. That's what trade dress is. That's how you protect it. Everything. Hey, law from- students, look and feel is a copyright theory, not a trademark theory. Did so say- don't listen to him. <laughs> Let's not do this. I'll have a- <laughs> You're right. All right. Fair enough. Anyway, she's Allie is correct. Uh, you know, it is everything from buildings to liquor bottles. Wait, what liquor was bottles- that? Liquor bottles have a lot no, of trade the part dress. before? I don't remember. Liquor bottles have Allie a lot of right trade dress. Allie is right being a lawyer. Allie is not right. Uh, but... We are in a situation now where Blizzard did both. Activision Blizzard put in both the trademark and the trade dress. There is no disputing that. In fact, Activision Blizzard didn't even really need to dispute that. Their argument was not, well, let's argue that we use something different enough or it's okay. Instead, they said two things. One, they said, we've been doing this for 10 years. If you had a problem, you should have let us know a long time ago. And that actually is a defense in trademark law. It is not statute of limitations ah, like you that would been normally here. I know it's not normally that. It's actually a proper affirmative defense in trademark law to something called latches. And Ali, explain what that is. I think I can explain what a latch is. Uh, you <laughs> use it to keep something closed or to open something. That's correct. Ali, is that how you would explain it to a judge? <laughs> I mean, that I would add a couple things, just just some minor things like, you know, it, it's essentially kind of like an unreasonable delay. Like, why did you wait so long to bring this claim? You you don't get that opportunity. You can't just wait forever and then suddenly decide, oh, now I want to complain about it when you've been doing so long, when you've been doing this for so long. And I knew about that. Is the, idea behind, of- a la- is the idea behind a latch that they don't want people to like wait for something to make a lot of money before they go after a company. Stop calling it a latch. It is L A C H E S latches. latches. There, there's only a latches. There is it, no latch. Yeah, it, we can pronounce it the Scottish way. It's a lock. Lock. Uh, 
But anyway, the Locke defense basically is just a different form of statute of limitations. It's saying there is no statute of limitations. So it's it's instead saying reasonable time, you should have brought this in. Uh, it's a fairness thing. It's called it's an equitable defense, which courts generally apply for for reasonableness purposes and fairness. And it is fair. It's saying I've been doing this for 10 years. We've built a brand around partial utilization of your brand. And that's because we thought it was OK. We thought it was either fair use or allowed or protected by the First Amendment, which we will get into. Uh, and if the other company does not assert their rights, once they know that this company is infringing or that the killer should have known that this company is infringing uh, f- within a reasonable time, there is a very strong defense to be made. Now, you, there is not an attorney on earth who will win an argument that AM General did not know Call of Duty was doing this. So that said, this defense probably would have worked pretty well, at, at least in my opinion. I don't know. Uh, every judge is different. In fact, every judge is so different that this judge has rewritten trademark and trade dress and IP law as a whole by his decision here. Is that due to precedent? It is, Austin. So this is a rare opportunity for you to sound the precedent alarm. President. No, that's that. it. That doesn't sound like an alarm. That sounds yeah. like yeah, a death <laughs> ring. Yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Every time, and that's the joke. It shouldn't be different every time. We need a we need that's a strong precedent. No, we need a strong precedent alarm that the 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 listeners of Roco can listen to and know. Oh my God! I was drifting off while I was driving. I just heard the precedent alarm. I better tune in. Hardcore. <laughs> Why wouldn't it have precedent in it? Because I tried precedent and you You tried one iteration of it. Let's go. Come on. Workshop this. (laughs) (laughs) Do that one again. President. It's it's okay. All right. That's it. That's it. (laughs) All right. Can you just say Rocco Classico? Rocco Classico. Thank you. I like when he rolls his R's. Uh, But anyway, uh, we're in a place now where this is precedent i mean this is absolutely that but what's crazy about this too is this lawsuit was brought in new york in the second circuit um and presumably because the second circuit is generally pretty trademark protective um trademark friendly so this was a really surprising decision from coming out of there is that a choice Uh, that am general made yeah you can choose generally you know obviously i have no idea yeah, generally a plaintiff can choose where they bring it under certain circumstances. You can't just say, hey, I want to take it anywhere. Um, but, you know, these are huge companies here who, uh, you know, have some connection to New York in some capacity. So, yeah, they had they had some sort of choice as to where they wanted it based on what law benefited them the most. And that's a very conscious decision that plaintiffs like this make. Um, and for a long time, the Second Circuit has been very pro-trademark rights. Um, even, you know, down to landmark case Rogers versus Grimaldi, which was cited in this decision. So, Ali, that's really interesting what you are bringing up. But it, before we even get to the Supreme Court and get to all the decisions that are at at, at stake here, uh, I don't think we've ever really explained the basics of this stuff. What is the Second Circuit compared to the Ninth Circuit? What is does it matter that those are federal courts for state courts? Can you bring us through just the really basic one on one level of of you know, when we say precedent, what does that actually mean? Where are these decisions controlling? What does it matter? Uh, take us through that. Yeah. So uh, trademark infringement 
is governed by what's called the Lanham Act. This is a federal statute. So claims for trademark infringement and related claims like trade dress infringement, trademark counterfeiting, those are to be brought in federal court because this is a federal law. Federal courts are kind of broken up into geographical areas. So, you know, in New York, you'll commonly see SDNY, the Southern District of New York. This is the courthouse that you see in every single crime show and movie. Um, That is the Southern District of New York. There's the Eastern District. There are there are different courts within that area, which are grouped together into a circuit. So all of those groups together, like the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut courts, those are all in the Second Circuit. Um, Alternatively, you have courts across the country, like those in California, again, a group of federal courts that are in the same area. That's the Ninth Circuit. And these courts are, you know, able to interpret the law um, according to their, what's it called, Austin? Precedent? Precedent. Yay! Precedent. And to jump in there, I mean, people know that, like, employment law is different in all 50 states because that's a state law. People very rarely realize that federal law is so different throughout different regions in America because those those courts that are right below the Supreme Court, but they're in their own district, are coming up with decisions and setting precedent that could be entirely different across the country, even though both are federal decisions. Yeah, and even if they're not entirely different, the small the small nuances sometimes can make or break a case depending on the specific facts. Um, and like I said earlier, the second circuit, you know, again, those courts in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut have generally been very pro trademark rights. And, and that's a a good groundwork to understand that eventually when these districts disagree, or there is just a major case, it gets to the Supreme court and the Supreme court. Court. Yeah. The Supreme court, uh, is supposed to be an unbiased, non-politically affiliated group of judges and justices that, sit there and determine the highest law on the land. They interpret the law. They don't create the law. Instead, what we have is it's a group. supposed to be that? Well, 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 this yeah, and this happens frequently when things like this, like what we're talking about, happen when there's disagreement among the different circuits. That's generally where the Supreme Court will accept a case and hear it. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if something like this gets there. This is huge. And the only caveat is that in 2011, the Supreme Court already looked at something similar. In Brown v. Entertainment Merchants Association, they looked at whether or not video games are art. And the reason that's important is because if they are art, they are covered under the freedom of expression that the First Amendment gives us. Uh, The Constitution is still the highest document in the land, despite what many politicians on both sides might think. And the Supreme Court is bound by that, unlike most others. And they have Justice Scalia, in one of the only opinions he wrote that I agree with, came down and wrote a decision, a 7-2 decision. There's there's nine justices, meaning seven agreed with this, two dissented, uh, that they said video games are art. So Scalia wrote in this decision, video games qualify for First Amendment protection. Like protected books, plays, and movies, they communicate ideas through familiar literary devices and features distinctive to the medium. Now, what this did is more than it was supposed to. California, in this case, had enacted a law to protect minors from violent video games. Scalia and the Supreme Court said, that's ridiculous. All studies say video games do not cause violence in children. 
uh, and they came down with this decision saying it's protected under the First Amendment. Now, lawyers and lawyer-minded people and robot Congress fans who are smarter than both previous categories, they have to go and they now look, what are the ramifications of that outside of this decision? The Supreme Court said something very big here. They said in 2011 that video games are art. So this decision basically said video games are art. They are protected by the First Amendment. It has other ramifications, such as the Rogers test, now applying to these cases. The Rogers test is a test from 1989 from the case Rogers v. Grimaldi. And Rogers v. Grimaldi was a case that was heard in the Second Circuit. Um, And actually, one of my favorite judges, who I work very closely with on a bunch of trademark matters and has since passed, was sitting on that panel of judges. So rip Judge Grisey. But uh, anyway, the point of that story is that the, the, the court essentially has to decide what the appropriate test to apply to each case is. And so in this situation, um, what had been established through precedent, again, is that if the trademark use occurs within an expressive work, you don't go through the traditional factors, the Polaroid factors, for determining a likelihood of confusion, which is the gist of trademark law. Instead... You look at a test called what be, what became known as the Rogers test based from based on this case, which is a two factor test that looks at, uh, you know, first, does the underlying work have artistic relevance or does it explicitly mislead as to the source of the work? So here the court ended up applying the Rogers test to this case since it was determined that video games are artistic works. And decided that it is protected by the First Amendment because it does not explicitly mislead as to the source of the Humvee. Nobody thinks that Blizzard, well, Activision Blizzard, Blizzard Activision. is making the Humvee. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't but think I, I would I, go to a Blizzard Activision place to buy a Humvee. No, but I also don't think Riot makes Louis Vuitton clothes, but there's a very big crossover branding opportunity going on there. And I do think that consumers looking at Call of Duty, I, I did, uh, would have assumed that Humvee was licensed and part of the marketing gimmick here and part of the plan uh yeah, just I think like this they, is an absolutely insane finding yeah it uh, kills it licensing opportunities and takes away a huge benefit of owning a trademark i mean look at the other games it's already in humvee is getting a licensing fee from mattel they're getting a licensing free licensing fee from delta force why would those companies keep paying humvee now that there's a decision basically saying hey you, you don't have to pay anymore. Yeah. It's and I basically what the court is saying is if you want to create a realistic expression of art, you can do it using other people's proprietary rights, which is a little bit crazy. I mean, in the past, all movies, think about every form of media, movies, video games, you want to use something, you get a license for it. And if they don't want to issue it, you don't get to use it. And this is true for everything. The NYPD, the FBI, they control when you're allowed in. If you go watch a Spider-Man movie and you see it's NPYD or whatever it is. That's why they're always different. And yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And and listen, I would argue if I was the NYPD's attorney that those are still confusingly similar and you should be able to go after them. However, this decision now, you can do whatever you want if it's realistic. Uh, Again, disclaimer, please don't do whatever you want. Talk to an attorney. Uh, But but jokes aside, you know, this is this is truly game changing. This is something that is uh, the court is saying they also went through quite a few things here. and, And they basically argued Activision Blizzard makes good games. 
Humvee makes good vehicles. So since Activision Blizzard makes good games, they're not going to harm Humvee's good branded because they'll take care of it. So if Activision made bad games, then that would be harming... What? Yeah, so the craziest part for me about this decision is because it was decided on summary judgment, they actually ran through both tests, the Rogers test and the Polaroid test that determine trademark infringement. But what's um, the summary judgment? Oh, well, I might as well let people know what said in summary judgment. A summary judgment yeah. is when a, a court makes a decision without a full tri- trial. With a, Summary judgment is when a court makes a decision without a full trial, but rather on the merits of the case. So somebody files a lawsuit and the other side says, this is a load of crap. Even if what they're saying is true, we win. And they file all these papers saying that. And then the judge makes a decision based on that. Oh, so, so that's the judge here, skipping, like, not skipping a lot of the unnecessary like fluff of a legal process. There's a well, summary there's a judgments of- like going for a layup and LeBron James stuffing you so badly that you can't walk for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say it's like shooting for three, but <laughs> I, I mean, summary judgment is that it's that you are so hopeless in this case that you have no shot that the judge doesn't need to go through the whole trial. We can summarize this up front. I looked at yeah, everything. The judge doesn't the need any out. other facts. The judge right. doesn't need to know anything else. A jury doesn't need to be involved. It's basically saying, whatever you accuse me of, everything that you said, assuming that it's true, still doesn't make me guilty or liable for anything. You you came in here accusing me of nine different things. Okay, they're all true. Now, you still don't have a case. Get the hell out right. of here. Tea time's <laughs> right. at 11. But, you know so the jury won't go through all of that, but the judge will go through every potential claim and decide whether he agrees on the merits of the case, is what it's called, whether or not these claims can survive. And so because this was decided on summary judgment, they went through everything regardless, again, including the Rogers test and the Polaroid tests uh, for trademark infringement. All right. But Polaroid, I mean, is that like about cameras? Actually, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it's exactly about cameras. It was derived from... Another case that was decided a long, long time ago for trademark infringement, where Polaroid was a party to that lawsuit. It was Polaroid versus Polarod. And are those two confusingly similar? As we've gone through many times here, most law students listening, you know the DuPont factors. You know, which we've gone through in other episodes, we're not going to today. The DuPont factors are normally what you look at to see, are these trademarks confusingly similar or not? Polaroid test is basically another test for the same uh, analysis. And how do they decide what test to use between the Polaroid test and the DuPont test? That's going back to exactly what we said earlier. It's the different circuits. Uh, the oh, second so circuit. The same circuit won't use two tests. It's different circuits. Right. So the DuPont factors are is, is kind of the more commonly taught one and accepted one. The Polaroid factors are just as popular, though, in the second circuit. Uh, and again, to Ali's point, usually a lot more friendlier to the trademark holders. Uh, there's there's far less wins for for confusingly similar appeals there. All right, so so Austin, you are obviously the legal scholar here. Take us through the factors that you know by heart, and not just the list I just texted you. And and I let don't us, need that list. That's right. So take I us have, through the factors. I have my heart to guide me. Factor one: strength of the plaintiff's mark. So the court examines the distinctiveness of the mark and its tendency to identify the goods as coming from a particular source. 
This factor is not so important here because Activision basically didn't argue this one. They said, yeah, it's a super strong mark. It's just not relevant to the overall uh, case here because it had to be in there for historical accuracy. And just to be clear, the court is going to balance these factors. So it's not like one beats the other. It's a balancing test. It's not. And it's also not just majority wins. If five are in your favor and three are not, that still doesn't mean you win. Uh, it's similar to the fair use episode we discussed where people think the only factor that matters is whether or not you charge for it. It's not true. There's four factors. Uh, so here we have eight and that allows the judge to be a lunatic like they are here. Uh, (laughs) continuing on factor two degree of similarity. We don't even need to discuss this one because blizzard uses the mark in its entirety. That's correct. They, if, if we're arguing that blizzard used a slightly different, I, the reason this exists is because the original case was Polaroid versus Polarod, and you can argue that there is a degree of non-similarity there. But they quite uh, literally use the hum, the Hummers, Humvees in this. Exactly. So it's the factor two we don't even need to discuss. It is Factor spot three, on. proximity. This is specifically about the proximity of the products and whether they compete with each other. And that's important. Trademarks, as we've discussed 60,000 times, are broken up into classes of goods. Video games are different than cars. So if Blizzard, Activision Blizzard started making Hummers, then this would be an issue? Well, actually, AM General argues that they make toys, that they've made games, and that they license it to other games. And that, and how did the, that and how did that work out for them? The court said, go back to sleep, child. Those are very rare. That's not your main <laughs> business, and you absolutely don't have protection over those. Ridiculous. Factor four, bridging the gap. The likelihood that the prior owner will bridge the gap. Uh, so bridging the gap is essentially how likely is it that that the trademark owner is going to is going to transition into this other type of goods and services. So how likely is it that that how likely is start it making video games? Exactly. Not likely. Not likely. It is not likely AM General is going to make video games. However, once again, they already licensed their brand and trademarks and everything else to video games and games. So again, this decision is ridiculous. But it's the factor five, evidence of actual confusion. Are consumers confused about where to buy military grade vehicles? So if you need a Humvee, would you call Activision? So AMG actually had an expert witness come in. They did a survey and found that 16% of consumers who were shown actual gameplay footage from the game were confused as to the association with Call of Duty and the Humvee. And I think that's low. 16%. Yeah, 16% are people that don't know video games. Factor six, good faith. The concern is whether the defendant acted in good faith in adopting its own mark or whether the intent was to profit on the plaintiff's brand and goodwill. And here, I this is where I can't believe they won in all seriousness. Uh, you know, whether or not I agree with the decision, the Humvee is integral to the marketing plan here. It, again, or they integral. drove... What'd I say? Integral. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that there's multiple ways to pronounce things. Integral. I, I've heard it both ways. Uh, they are They are driving Humvees around... E3. They're putting it on posters. It's in the trailer. It is the main car of the game. It's the main vehicle of the game. It uses their actual trademark, their same exact trade dress. How on earth is that good faith? It's not their fault that you think of Humvee and you think of the modern military. I think of that probably because of Call of Duty. (laughs) Seriously. When I think of Call of Duty, I think of the Humvee, which probably is why I think of the Humvee with the military. 
Uh, you're proving my actual confusion. Yes, that's the idea. Factor seven, <laughs> the quality of defendant's products. This is interesting. The concern cool. is that the defendant is creating an inferior product that will cause injury to the plaintiff. This is <laughs> fascinating. So like that generally goes for goods or services where they're creating shoddy things and that's going to have some sort of negative impact on the, on the rights holder. You know, you have like things made out of lead and it's going to give somebody a disease and somebody's going to attribute that to you. Here they kind of took this the complete opposite way and said, because Activision Blizzard makes really good games, <laughs> that that they should be able to do this. That this is actually good for AMG. This is this is the silly. This rewrites trademark law. The this fact is, that they're they're saying, oh Louis Vuitton, you make really good merchandise. So if you want to do a 2015 line and use all of Burberry's trademarks. That's fine. You make good stuff. You're not going to harm them. Like, it's insane. It's, oh, yeah, it's a historical, realistic enactment of 2015. You're allowed Burberry's entire line in trademarks. What? Like, this is a judge taking on a role that, man, I, they should just go work for the Academy and start granting awards. I don't know. Judges are supposed to be there to interpret the law, not rewrite it. And this is a complete rewriting of this test. But is the idea here is that, like, AMG says, the game shows our jeeps getting blown up all the time or running, you know, no. like being crappy. No, this factor is what Ali said. This factor is supposed to be there. So if you make a Pokemon game and it sucks or it's just an indie little garbage yeah. title. It's that I buggy. Can go, yeah, you're like, hurting my brand by existing. However, just because the quality is good <laughs> doesn't mean you get to then do it. It's just supposed to be an extra factor here of, of an extra thing against your favor. This isn't supposed to be a winnable factor. For the defendant. This is supposed to be ignored if the defendant doesn't have a bad product. Instead, this seems to be something the judge is very interested in. Well, they make great games. And, dude, I am level... I have every class level 100 in World of Warcraft. This is... You think I'm going to go against Blizzard? Hell no. They just sent me mad stuff in Heroes of the Storm. thought that game was dead? Not with my friends. I'm here for this. I love Call of Duty. I'm going home and playing it right after this, and I'm going to blow up Mad Humvees. Oh, okay. That's why it's okay. <laughs> I, I think I need to move us along, and I would hate to. Factor, <laughs> factor eight, sophistication of the buyers. Yeah, no, this goes to, like, how smart are the people who are who are consuming this? Like, how smart are players of Call of Duty? Like, are they going to think <laughs> that there <laughs> is an association or can uh, they tell I, the difference? If there was ever a, a, a group of gamers to not put up for the IQ test, it would be the call. I'm kidding. Ooh. This is terribly rude. <gasps> this is actually my favorite factor to argue. Uh, both directions. This is Just the one I Just because you like calling people dumb. No, sometimes I call them really smart. But I really like <laughs> that you can take the video game player and buyer and say, are you kidding me? Before they buy a game, they do the most research ever. They read the reviews. They go on every store page. They check and compare. Versus when I don't want that to yeah. be true, when I say, are you kidding me? Gamers just click whatever button pops up in front of them. That's but what I do. But this is really subjective. Like, this is not a gamer <laughs> like me who's sitting here playing crossing this is the actual players playing that game will Did they you hear that allie's a fake gamer girl <laughs> let's not Don't tell anybody let's not touch these <laughs> uh no but jokes aside like yeah this is super important and the court said in probably the sentence that makes me angriest 
that they don't think militaries will be confused over whether to call AM General or Blizzard to buy a Humvee. That is not what this factor is supposed to be for. This is not what... None of this is right. I am furious. I think (laughs) the judge was suffering from... uh, A case of the not readings. Suffering from, like, cabin fever or something with coronavirus. I don't know, but... I I think the judge is playing Warzone nonstop, and he doesn't want his sweet, sweet Humvees (laughs) taken out of the game. (laughs) What am I going to do? Drive a jet ski? Long story short... This is now a decision. This is precedent. This is how the law changes and evolves. This is why lawyers have jobs, because now we get to cite this and argue it when we want. We get to call it ridiculous and push against it when we don't. Law is a theater, and it's stupid, and that is what I'm leaving you all with. (laughs) Nothing matters. All the points. This is like whose line is it anyway in a courtroom. All the points don't matter. The rules are made up. Yeah, this is now a precedent. Yeah. Austin? Take us to the, the, the final precedent alarm. <laughs> that's not it. It has to be a precedent song. That, okay. That's what we're going to decide on. Uh, I want when people hear the precedent song, I want them to pull over and pay attention. What the precedent what? song is going to be different every time because you're going to tell me to sing the precedent song and I have to make it up on the spot. Yeah, but sing the precedent song. Precedent. That's right. Precedent. You're <laughs> here. I'm there. But it's the same anyway, because I did a thing and then you saw that thing and you figured that that thing is going to be the thing in the future that you want to do. None of that rhymed. I award you no points. <laughs> and it was I, I. you must be listening to the Hamilton soundtrack that you went into hip hop right away. No, I just didn't want to do like a standard song. Fair enough. Uh, I just know you listen to the Hamilton soundtrack for like a year on loop. Well, I also uh, watched The Sandbaggers for seven months on loops. Has nothing to do with anything. Uh, and on that, you've aggravated me. And yet, no, I'm kidding. But seriously, uh, good to good to see you, your faces over webcam. Good to record again. Sorry about the audio quality, everybody. Deal with it. All right, the We're world. Doing ending. our best. That's right. So, all right. Lo- love you all. You can follow me on Twitter at Mister or no, it's just at Morrison. You can follow Allie at Allie Rothman A L I, and you can follow Austin at Robot underscore Austin. Follow the show at no, it's Robot Austin. You can robot follow the show at robot, robot underscore Congress. Congress. And don't forget to smash that like button and hit subscribe and give us five stars or don't download our show. Hashtag five stars only. That's right. (laughs) All right. Love you all. Bye. Bye, Craig. That was a HeadGum Podcast.